Good morning. Can you all hear me back there? Can you hear me well? I am about to explode. I am so excited about being with Kim Spill this morning. You all just don't know. And so turn, turn to your neighbor and tell him I think it's going to be a little different this morning. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think it's going to be a little different this morning. I uh, typically, I, I appreciate the pulpit. Uh, I tend to preach from the floor if that's okay. And I got an approval from uh, Brother Kelly this morning to do this. So it doesn't matter what you all think anyway. Here, here. He already told me I could. Well, for those of you who didn't get it, um, my name is Milton Harding, and I work with the SBCV, of which Kimsville is a, a tremendous participant and partner uh, with, throughout this entire association. So I bring you greetings first from Dr. Autry and all of the staff there. We appreciate your support and your involvement with the SBCV. Many, many, many of people whom you all will never know are touched by your generosity, your love, and your ministry toward others. And so I get to travel the land of Virginia, if you will, throughout all the churches and do just this, to work with pastors one-on-one to encourage and strengthen, but also to the congregations. So I'm with you all this morning. I understand I'm going to be back next week, and so you're going to get a full dose of me. Yeah, you're going to get a full dose of me. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, please turn to Acts chapter 1. I want to talk briefly, uh, (coughs) excuse me. Briefly this morning about the profile of a witness. The profile of a witness. And uh, I believe that uh, the Lord would have us deeply examine where we are uh, in our own walk with him, but also, more importantly, collectively, as we uh, encounter uh, the things of the land. Before I do that, and so let me just put you all on notice, because I see some strange looks coming from back there. Don't, Don't get nervous about this. Black pastor with a towel, and he's getting ready to preach. <laughs> well, easy now. <laughs> easy now. I know the myth would say that we could be here till Thursday, but but my my thought is that we can get through this okay. And if we all came here with the same purpose and the same plan today, uh, we're just going to move in the spirit and go that way. Amen. All right, all right, good enough. Did I tell you where to turn in in, in the Book of Acts? Okay, I have Acts chapter 1 is where we will launch from, and then we'll move around in the scriptures a little bit. Before I get an opportunity to do that, there's something that is weighing on my heart now since Andrew just led us in a wonderful time of worship this morning. I'm telling you, I I had nothing to do with the songs that were chosen, but uh, really blessed and ministered to and encouraged in my own spirit. And so realizing that we have an event tomorrow um, that will impact the shepherd that God has put in this place um, uh, for this season and this time. I wanted to take a moment and just what I typically do is minister this song to God. And uh, I want to do it uh, with your shepherd and the rest of you all that are here are just getting an opportunity to listen in on it. OK, so if you have any critiquing, any judgments or any of that stuff, take them upstairs because uh, I'm doing this before the Lord first. Do, do you mind if I? Uh, try this. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, you oh, yes, sir. You're too polite. Stop. Uh, um, I haven't done this song. Well, I do it as the Lord says, do it. So, but, so I haven't practiced it. And hopefully it will come out. <laughs>
Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and When Jesus is my potion, a constant friend is He. And if His eye is upon the sparrow, Because I'm happy, I sing. Because I'm free, and if His eye is upon the sparrow, then I know. tell you about that God. Let me tell you about the power of that God. That power that rests in this place right now. The same one that accounts for a sparrow is the same one that watches every one of us in this place. And he has the shepherds back. He has the flocks back. You see, because this is the God who said, I, if you look up, I am the one who hung the stars up there. 
And NASA is still trying to tell us how many are up there, and we still haven't gotten to that number yet. With some of the high, most high-powered technology available to man, we're still unable to count how many stars are up there. Even as you go out as an individual and you look up, you could possibly, your eyes could, my eyes could only possibly drink in a few hundred. I'm talking about that guy who says, I put them all up there, and I took a roll call. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? He named every last star. The ones we can see and the ones we can't see. And he says, when I took that roll call, not one was missing. That God, that power is in this place right here, right now. Amen. That God who says, when we struggled with identifying a plane that crashed uh, a few years ago with 240, just 247 uh, members on that plane was a sad thing. Just disappeared and vanished. Plopped in the water, we believed. And we sent some of the most high-powered planes available to see if we could find it. But the planes didn't have the capacity to get over the body of water and had to circle back to refuel. Help me with this, Lord God. That God who says in the scriptures, you don't have to wait for NASA or science on this, who says in the scripture, Isaiah 40, for those who are taking note, I hold all the waters in the palm of my hand. That God. So if we can sit in here this morning next to that God without being set on fire, go right ahead. I can't. And so I'll preach from that fire. Amen? Amen. Yeah, I'll preach because it's that God who changed my life. When I believed that cocaine was the path that I should have traveled on or pot was the path I should have traveled on when I was rolling blunts and getting high off, oh, this crowd's looking at me now. You all you all got that pious look. Somebody don't know. Can I say don't in here, Pastor? Yeah, somebody don't know what I'm talking about. When I thought alcohol and pr- that expensive word, promiscuity, look it up. God called it fornication. When I thought those were the paths I should have been on, that God sent his word to me. The good news. The good news. The good news. Somebody in here say good news. At least let me know I'm not the only one in here understanding. Good news. Yeah, the good news. That turns a life around. That changes the spirit that lies within man. And makes him say, Abba, Father. That God. That God. In a moment, I'm going to preach to you. But right now, I just need to get this out. Yeah, I just need to get this out. And so when we're in the presence of the Lord like this, and we come together in one accord to worship him, to worship him, our worship includes the fact that we are his children and we belong to him. Uh, my, it is my prayer that everyone in here is his child. And if you're not, don't get off of the premises without seeing me. Because I want to give you the opportunity to know that God. Yeah, 
That God that makes chains fall off your wrist and your feet and your arms. That God that can just speak to a city gate and it just opens up on its own accord. That God that will bring men out of prison without even having a key to the jail cell. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. That God. Let me help some of you all this morning. It's okay to say hallelujah in here. Hallelujah. Yeah, I believe it is. If if I'm in the right place, that's just okay. Yeah, and if you if you need to stand and shout, it's okay. Even if you don't, I don't care. All I want us to do is worship him this morning. And when we worship him, we have to empty us. That's right. Yeah, we have to empty us because I have discovered that at the altar of God, it's a level playing field. Yeah, yeah, it's a level playing field. We are all as one when we get to the altar of God. Amen? Amen. Yeah, Jesus loves me. This I know. This I know. Did I tell you where to turn in the book of Acts? In chapter 1, I look at the land today, and I'm sure you all you look like an astute crowd, so I don't need to uh, 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 reiterate this too much, but when I look at the, the TV or, or, or read the headlines or what have you, how many of you all would agree that we're pretty jacked up as a people right now? Can I say jacked up in here? Oh, okay, I can say jacked. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who need that defined, that means as a people in this nation, in this country, globally speaking, we're messed up. Should not be news to us. Should not be news to us who are his children. We should come to understand that the kingdom of God went on before Genesis 1-1. We just got an opportunity to enter in on it in Genesis 1-1. And if you stay on the train and you ride it all the way through to Jude, you will find out that we've been jacked up for a long time. Yeah, we've been jacked up for a long time. And so within every generation, God didn't just say, stop and let me fix that. You know what he did with the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is marching along just like he set it in motion. It's never stopped. The kingdom of God was going on before the cross. It was going on when Jesus hung on the cross. And when Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended to the Father, the kingdom of God was still going on. Amen. So it doesn't matter how messed up this land looks. The kingdom of God is still going on. Now, what does that mean to us as his children? As his witnesses. Amen. Now, I'm going to submit to you all today that this message hopefully should change some folks in here. Uh, we, we're pretty messed up in Christendom, much less the world. But here's how God has figured this thing out and has set it up. The world is dependent upon us. And so if we, uh, if we hide our light, and if our salt has become unflavorable, the world doesn't have a chance. Yeah, 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 the world doesn't have a chance. So we're going to take a little quick self-examination. And we're going to mix that thing up corporately. I'm sure before this day is over, I'm going to be all the way in the back. So you're not going to get away from me. I'm going to come back. I want you to smell the Jesus that's up here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a fragrance about being in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like it was when you go into the bars and you drink and you smoke. Now, you all don't know what I'm talking about. And you go in there and uh, uh, you get that smoke smell on you. Yeah, yeah. You come out of there. People know even if you don't smoke, people say, you've been smoking. Well, I switch that around. When you've been in the presence of the Lord, when you've been in the throne room, when you've been behind the holies of holies, there is a smell in that place that when you come out and you're hanging around the world or you're hanging around believers, somebody should say, there's a smell about you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the smell alone can liberate you because the smell that they have had has been a captive smell, has been a bondage smell, and they need a change 
of the atmosphere. Yeah, he says, ye, ye are light and salt. He didn't say you will become light and salt. He says, you are light and salt. He didn't say in a plural sense, you are lights. He said light. So that tells me it's collectively we are as one. But you say, Pastor Milton, you don't look like me. You don't talk like me. You don't walk like me. And you're exactly right. This was a design by God. I wasn't supposed to look like you, wasn't supposed to talk like you, wasn't supposed to walk like you. My senior pastor used to tell me the world can only stand just one of me. (laughs) Can only handle just one of me. And I want to pass that encouragement on to you all. The world can only handle just one of you. But you are a God design. I don't care what anybody tells you, you are a God design. That's right. He says, if you had time, and I don't have time because I got to preach you in a minute. He said over in Psalm chapter 139, he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, you knew me before even my body parts were put together. Oh, my Lord. That was a relationship of intimacy that none of us can, can, can put our arms around because he wants us to know him that way. And in order to know him that way, we got to snuggle up next to him. Yeah, he said, even before you formed me, you knew me. What kind of God is this? That's the one I want to talk about this morning. That God. Did I tell you where to turn in the book of Acts? I'm going to preach this thing in a minute here. Acts chapter 1. And verse 8. Familiar passage, familiar text. We all know it. We've heard it before. Oftentimes we hear it when, when missions week comes around. But I submit to you, every day is missions. Amen. Yeah, every day is missions. Every day is missions. We know the background of this story. Jesus has already instructed his disciples uh, as he is ascended, as he was uh, raised from the dead. And he meets with uh, various disciples. And he shared with them. He says, I need you to go to the city. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for what the Father has promised to you. Luke 24, 49. You can look it up later on. But, but this is a little backdrop to how we arrive at Acts chapter 1 as it is reiterated again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Father God, we thank you for your word. Now, Lord, as I stand before you, as you have prepared me to preach this message, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me. Touch the heart that has come this morning that, Lord, yearns, hungers, and thirsts for you this morning. Fill them to overflowing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so we start out by looking at the profile of a witness. What's the content of that witness? What does that witness look like? And uh, we are very good with words. Words kind of express our thoughts. That's what we use words for, to express a thought. And so when Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, when he spoke this to the disciples, some of them were going to lose their lives as a result. Some of them were going to be martyred as a result of being his witness. And so we have to understand that this is the New Testament church being birthed. It's, it's, it's the season for the New Testament church to be birthed because the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out upon uh, his disciples. And now they get a chance to carry the gospel to the most parts of the world. And so we have to understand we're living in a we're living in a season now, not of birthing the church. We're living in a season of, to, of adding on to the church and and sustaining the church. See, you're not going to need Jesus in heaven. He'll already be there. 
we'll already be there. And it's a massive party going on. Massive. In fact, let me help you with that a little further. The moment that Jesus went to heaven, those who are in him went with him. My God, my God, my God. That, that's shouting stuff for me because I know where I was. Now, if you don't remember where you was, forgive all of the literary and graphical and all of that speaking stuff. That's good. I'm, 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 I don't have persuasive words. All I want you to do is get the word of God and let the spirit minister to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's all I'm interested in. And so, and so, by the fact that we are positionally in heaven already, we have to walk out this salvation on this earth because the whole earth isn't in heaven yet. And so you don't know who it is that God has brought across your path that they will be going with you. Some of us are going to be surprised. Some of us are going to look around for some people in here in heaven. We may not see them. Now, I'm not prophesying here. I'm just saying, let's don't assume because, you know, we know the tree. Lord God, don't let it get quiet in here. Getting quiet is just like saying amen. Right. We know the tree. We know the tree by the fruit. Amen. Yeah, so if, 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 if we're that, let's be that. Because we're labeled by God. We're not labeled by man. I live by what God says I am. I live by what God says who I am. That's how I live. So, 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 so. When I look at this world today and the condition we have, I don't charge it to the world because the world is doing just what the world knows to do. It doesn't have another barrel of options. It only has a depraved mind to choose from. That world means world system here. Only a depraved mind to choose from. When God tried to and desired to impact that world, he did John 3.16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for the world. Okay. So, 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 so we have two barrels to choose from. We can function out of a depraved mind. You say, what? We can do evil, wicked things as Christians? No way. You mean we could be, we could be ugly ducklings as Christians? You mean Christians could gossip? Christians can cuss? Christians can slander? Christians can hate one another? I don't mean like the Christians at Kimsville Baptist. I mean you might know of another Kimsville Baptist somewhere and, and those believers. Well, yes, yes, yes. But, but thank God. Thank God. And if you don't have this, write this down. Thank God for 1 John 1.9. My Lord. That's our other barrel. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from most unrighteousness. No, 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 no. Read that script close. He says all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. But we got to live in that barrel. I mean, we got to live because sometimes the feet of our thoughts get dirty, don't they? Don't they? Some of you in here right now that can't stand one another. I'm not making that up. I just know Christendom. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it ain't hard to determine an apple tree if you see the apple. Oh, Lord Jesus, let me, let me preach, let me preach. The world is in the condition that it's in today because of the church. We can't expect the world to walk right if they don't have any light to go by. He didn't say change the world, he said light it up. He'll change it. We just need to light it up. So, 
Salt provides flavor, but it also, stay with me, creates a thirst. How's the salt of your life creating a thirst in the world around you? Because brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, even on my way over here this morning, I saw a lot of people going in a lot of different directions and none of them looked like they were headed to church. Not to say the church is the exclusive answer because some churches I wouldn't want to be in because I can't find Jesus in there. Amen. We people open the revelations, we see him knocking at the door trying to get in his own church. Amen. Somebody say amen because you know I'm preaching them. Yeah. So I believe when we look at the profile of the witness, one thing that's got to be evident in the witness is that the will of that witness has to be the will of God. We have to begin there. We can't be Christians on our own. You hear what I'm saying? We can't decide what it means to be a Christian. Because then we'll have two or three hundred ideas of what that looks like. But, but God said, I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to give you a print. Watch my son Jesus. Yeah. Do what he does. Look over in John chapter 6 real quick. So we'll get there. And we'll have some hope to getting out of here by 3. Yeah, okay. Did I tell you John chapter 6? And look at verse 38. Jesus is speaking. These are red letters if you have. I'm reading from the New American Standard, and I was afraid this was going to happen. May I take my coat off? Sure. It'd be all right, because I, I, I sweat. That's why I bought the towel. And so if, if you don't mind me sweating, it's anointed sweat. I mean, it's, it's, if you get hit with it, it'll be all right. Life, your life might change. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. John chapter 6 and verse 38. Jesus says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Then he goes on to define, this is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. But raise it up on the last day. And so now we see what the will of the father is for the son, Jesus. And through the son, we see what the will is for us. Now, we're going to talk about the way in just a little bit, but I wanted to emphasize the will. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, I give you a lot of scriptures because it's the word that sets you free and not a great preacher. And I'm not. Yeah, OK. So that's an amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew said that's an amen. Are we there? For, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, if Jesus is doing his own will. That's a problem. But he stated very clearly that he didn't come to do his own will, but the will of the one who sent him. He came to do the will of the one who sent him. He says, I don't have my own agenda. I don't have my own plans. We as believers, we can't have our own agendas. Do you know that even worship that we call worship this morning and what we defined as worship this morning is not graded by us, but by the father who's in heaven. He's the one that determines uh, what worship he got this morning. You see, some people in here were just singing songs. Others were worshiping. There's, there's a difference. Now, I'm not judging you. It's not an indictment. I'm just saying we got to be in that place where we're worshiping God collectively. And if things be done right, that might get to a point that I might not even be able to preach because the presence of the Lord might be full in this place. Brothers and sisters, I long for that day. I long for the day that we, the church will be the church. You, you understand what I'm saying? Now, we won't gussy up and look good on Sunday morning, but my Lord, we'll look pretty good Monday through Saturday. Mm. Do you understand? Worship can't start on Sunday morning at 1030. It's got to start long before we get into this building. Yeah, he says we're two or more gathered 
There I am in the midst. And you know how Jesus gets in here? We bring him in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We bring him in here. That's, that's how he gets in here. He says, I just need two more to gather in my name. It's important to gather in his name. Yeah. So, 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 so if, if 250 of you got up and walked out right now, if the rest are gathered in his name, we still gonna have church. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, okay, okay. Did I say 2 Corinthians chapter 5? So if that's what Jesus' will is, and Jesus' will was that to take all of whom the Father would give him, and that means that people's lives were being saved, he was not to lose any of them. So we have opportunities to carry that will in and about as we go in and out in our own arenas. My Lord... God didn't call you to save all of Norfolk, Virginia, all of Virginia Beach, and all of Chesapeake. All he wants to do is work with you where you are. And that's how we increase. That's how we increase. I'm not talking about uh, body counts or numbers. We can have church with two or more. Okay, 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 okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. We always, all of us know 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have come to become new. Old things pass away. My Lord, I'm waiting for the day that we live like that. Some of you haul some old thing baggage in here this morning that we got to break through and wade through and get through before we can even have church. Let me say that again. Some of us brought stuff in here this morning that 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 that, that God has forgiven you for for years, but you're still lugging it around. Still lugging it around. Remember that guy, uh, Pigpen. Anybody going to know that name? <laughs> I might date myself here. Yeah, Pigpen, for you little ones who don't know that, Pigpen was a part of Charlie Brown. I love that guy. Pigpen was my kind of guy. That dude always had dust and dirt all over him anywhere he went. They had a Charlie Brown summer picnic. Pigpen was in the swimming pool with dust and dirt still on him. I didn't figure out how that happened, but, but that's the way we carry around that baggage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 the baggage of hatred? You mean, you mean the, <laughs> the baggage of gossip? But you don't know, Pastor, what they did to me. I'm not discounting what they did to you. But I look to the cross. Anything that's ever happened to me is going to be pale compared to the cross. And brothers and sisters, let me say this. You can write this down. You can use it. Please give me props if you quote it again. But, but, but if we don't stay in touch with the handprint, forget about following the footprints. Amen. I would have set somebody free right there. Yeah, you got it. You little, little, little. I'm not even going there. But he told Thomas that Thomas says, I'm not going to believe until I touch his hands. Until I got to see something for myself. And do you know what happened when Jesus says, come, Thomas, touch him. You know, the next word out of Thomas's mouth was, my Lord and my God. Changed his life on the spot. Because he touched. Touched. If you don't stay in touch with the handprint, trying to follow Jesus is going to be difficult. Because he'll go places that you don't want to go. Remember when Jesus said over in John 4, I must need go through Samaria. Samaria wasn't a pretty place. It had a lot of hatred in Samaria. Brother, they told me that Jews and Gentiles are the Samaritans and the Jews couldn't get along in Samaria. Now, we don't have an example like that today. Thank God, praise God, we all get along. Amen. 
Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. But at what point in time do we live this Jesus? When Jesus had a, 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 a difference, not in race, but in ethnicities, and please uh, eliminate that from your vocabulary if you choose to use it, because we don't have racial uh, uh, disharmony. If we all came out of one race, and that's the human race. You can't reconcile the human race, because that's already one. So we have ethnicities that we need to figure this out. And so what did Jesus do when he encountered it? I think we got a footprint right in the book here that Jesus tells us how to do it. He said, I made it my purpose to go through Samaria. And if we're going to deal with the harmony piece, we've got to make it our purpose to go through this foolishness called racism. And we can't go through there. Now listen to me. This is important. You can't go through there without Jesus. Otherwise, you can just come up with a program, and that ain't worth a doodly. Can I say doodly squat? Yeah, that. I ain't worth a doodly squat. Programs won't fix depraved minds. Jesus will. Racism is nothing but sin. Pride going to muck. Pride says, "I'm going to do this my way. I'm better than that, 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 or them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just tell you something so you don't get it twisted. Racism is not practiced by a particular people. It's it's anybody and everybody. Yeah. And for the life of me, if we have to go back to a black and white issue one more time, I'll just have to spiritually throw up. Because when I look around my front door, I see Asians, I see Hispanics, I see you name it, it's there. And my God, my God has made it made it possible for me to love every last one of them. And let me tell you, I do. And got the pictures to show you. But listen, listen, listen. When do we start living that Jesus? The only reason we won't is because of fear. We're going to lose something or we're going to lose control. Everybody in here likes to have control of his own stuff. They don't like people dabbling. If you don't believe me, just let the church have a need for serving. Ah. Um, Well, because it's my time and my commitment and my this and my that and my Lord. When we come here, we say we got one body, one Lord, one spirit. One God. But we got too many minds. Somebody say amen. Y'all might not even have me back next week. This might, this might be, I could be done here. <laughs> but I have, to, I have to tell you in love though. Because this is Christian that I'm talking about. It's not just here in Kimsville. It's everywhere. We look good on Sunday morning. But the world has got to see us Monday through Saturday. And I pray, I pray that you won't get sleep tonight. Because the Holy Spirit will be wrestling with your spirit so much so that he sends you out your front door tomorrow looking for somebody to love Jesus, love in Jesus. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you lose sleep tonight till you go out of your door and touch somebody with Jesus. Because you're only going to run into two people, unsaved and saved. Amen. If you run into a saved person, y'all going to break bread. You'll have a great time. I can say y'all. Y'all's okay. Yeah. You, 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 you're going to break bread. You'll have a great time. If you run into an unsaved person, you're going to get the chance to, here, seed or water. You might get a harvest moment. That'll be stuff you'll have to talk about Sunday when I come back next Sunday. But Because I ain't waiting for six months from now for you to you make up your mind to go. Because Jesus didn't wait six months up in his mind to save you. To make you his witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Did I tell you Second Corinthians? Yeah, okay. New creatures in Christ. That wasn't even in my notes. I wasn't here, but that's for free. That's for free. Verse 18. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself. That is the work of reconciliation work. Reconciled all things to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So our ministry of reconciliation is not between, not between one another. It's to Christ. We're being reconciled back to God. All things he says. Listen, listen. I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but this I do know. If we are all as improper fractions, and we are. Remember when I said early on we messed up? I think I used the term jacked up, but same thing. Yeah, we're all improper fractions. Improper fractions. You only need a math whiz to be this one. This is, this is pretty simple. If I got this, everybody ought to get it. But in order to add improper fractions, we need a common denominator. You can't put improper, improper fractions together unless you get a common denominator. My God, my common denominator, I submit to you this morning, Kimsville, and as well it should be yours as well, is Jesus Christ. Is that improper fractions, if we get divided into or added into Jesus, then we can come together. But don't think about reconciliation if you're not in Christ. And the world needs to know how that happens. The church has the answer. But the church is sitting on the answer on Sunday morning. And hoping around the uh, uh, the buffets of the land. <laughs> you know how most people know we just came from church? I want to leave that alone. I want to leave that alone. <laughs> Woo. Verse 19. Namely, that reconciliation, that God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Again, I want to submit to you because it's such a hot button in our culture, and I'm not even preaching about that. I'm talking about the witness here, but it incorporates that. A witness doesn't look for a particular skin color to talk to or to witness to or to love in Christ. If that was the case, Jesus never would have gone through Samaria. He would have done the beltway thing like most of the Jews were doing at that time. And they, even as we have at this day and time, the beltways around most of our metropolises have the, the intent of not engaging the city, not going through the city. Let me go around it. The default, it, it's faster. Not the beltways up where I live. They can be like parking lots on most any day. So you might as well share Jesus, period. I will roll my window down sometimes and yell this out the window. Because we're right there, we're captured. It's not like we're going anywhere. I will say, what if Jesus is real? And then sometimes I put it back up and other times I'll just leave it down and wait for for a response. <laughs> they got to do something with that, even if they don't talk back to you. I mean, they got to go on down the road. Do you know somebody asked me that? If it's a believer, they respond and say, he is real. So then we just have church right on the, on the, on the beltway. And if they're hungry and thirsty enough, if this is a divine appointment for that car that didn't know Jesus, they will ask you a question. Now, don't be out there having wrecks or anything, but I'm just saying this world is dying and we have the answer. He has given to us the word of reconciliation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Second of all, in that in that content, in that profile, we have to have the way of a witness. 
first of all, his will has to become ours. Jesus says, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. So same thing with us. We've got to let God's will. And you say, but I don't know what God wants to do with my life. If you're in this place this morning and you don't know what God wants to do with your life and you are saved, you are a believer, I can give you the answer for it right now. If you don't want to know, don't raise your hand. And you can just keep showing up every Sunday morning trying to figure out what God wants to do with your life. My Lord, some of you are trying to get to trying to get to Nairobi and you won't even go to the town center and share the gospel. I'm preaching good now, ain't I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but 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 understanding who's sending us and whose we are. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then there's the way of the witness. What does that look like? We know the will should be God's, God's will in our lives. Press through. If you don't have a, 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 a Christ-centered worldview, you're going to be messed up daily. Because you can't figure this stuff out that I see coming off of Fox News. You can't figure that out. I mean, that's just foolishness happening at the highest level. In fact, it's become one of the better sitcoms, I think, that we've had on in quite a while. My Lord. And please, if I hear this one more time, I'll spiritually throw up. If I hear this one more time. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the Democratic Party is for all black people and the Republican Party is all for all white people. Now, I'm sure in this building, I'm the only one that's ever heard that. No, but I'm the only one that's going to speak to it because I believe that's a bunch of baloney. Can I say baloney in here, Pastor? Yeah, yeah, that's a bunch of baloney. Listen, listen, listen to me. This is not a political sermon. I don't care about that. I could care less about it. Look in the scriptures and see how many times Jesus went. And the times that he did encounter the government, he was sharing the kingdom of God. He wasn't trying to rectify the parties. He was trying to reconcile the world back to God. Somebody say amen, because that's good preaching right there. I don't care what y'all say. That's good preaching right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the way, John 14, 6, if you're taking notes, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, but no man comes to the Father except but by me. Brothers and sisters, that's pretty clear in my head. I mean, I don't even have to toy around with interfaith circles of prayer. Because I'm very particular about who we're praying to. Because cause, 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 uh, 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 soothsayers still exist. Cults still exist. I don't know who their gods are, but I know they're not mine. Yeah, our God is one. <laughs> he's the one that says when he speaks it, it comes to pass. He's the one that told us, he says, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. What kind of math is that? Understand who we're serving here. He says, when my word goes out, it's going to come back and accomplish what I sent it for. What is the struggle with serving God with that kind of a track record? He says his word never fails. He even went as far as to say heaven and earth will pass away, but my will last forever. Forever. Yeah, don't give me too much of the Holy Spirit. Don't get all filled up on the Holy Spirit and don't have any word in you because you're just sitting still. You're parking. 
You see, the Holy Spirit, Jesus told us in John 16, the Holy Spirit will not come on his own. He doesn't have an initiative. He doesn't have an agenda. And what he said, Jesus says, he will take of what is mine. He will take of what is mine in the Father and reveal it, make it known to you. So that's the word. That's the word. We don't have time to go there, but if you wanted to, we could go to Genesis chapter 1. And in verse 2, we see that the, the, the earth is null and void. Null and void. Nothing's happening there. This pitch black is not looking pretty. But it, then it tells us in the same verse that the Holy Spirit is hovering. I like that word hovering. I like that word hovering. I think that's an NIV translation. Most of what I'm reading this morning, all of what I'm reading this morning is New American Standard. But it said the Holy Spirit is hovering. What in the world was the Holy Spirit hovering for? My God, my God. He was hovering for Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. <laughs> when God said, let there be light. Bam! And then light came. He was waiting for the word of God. And it is as it is in our own life. As we have the word of God in us, the Holy Spirit is hovering till we get to that place where he needs to bring it up to us and reveal it to us. And so then we can live it. We can't live this word on our own. You can't go out and be nice to me if I don't look like you, walk like you, and talk like you. But the Jesus in you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you have to be intentional about it. In fact, let me just say this a step further. You have to use that same principle even in here with folks from your same family. Come on, Lord, I am... Ooh, we're in a place now. <laughs> I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is our example. And in, in Philippians 2, it says that he, he didn't think it was uh, uh, worth grappling with to be equal to the Father. That wasn't his role. See, we got to understand our role, too, before we understand Jesus as the way. And said he emptied himself. He emptied himself of his royalties and submitted himself to the father's voice of, of, of direction and, and, and guidance. He felt he also was led by the Holy Spirit. And so we, too, have to be the same way. Jesus says that the student is not greater than the master. Let me ask you something. Did Jesus get rejected? Did he get persecuted? Yes. Did he get cussed out? Yes. Did he get spit on? There are ton, tons of other adjectives I could use. Well, why in the world are we all so touchy-touchy when we trying to live like Christ and those things happen to us and we're ready to walk out to church? Oh, my Lord. The student can't be greater than the master. Jesus' most difficult challenges, if you will, would have been those folks who say they knew God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, Paul says, walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. Don't tell me you're a child of God and you belong to God. And we can't tell that by your walk. Because a walk is not something you can hide. You ever been stung by a bee before? Anybody been stung by a bee? You can't hide that. <laughs> well, it's in Christ is the same way. If you've ever been stung by the love of Christ, if you've ever had your life changed, if you've ever been touched by the word of God and the Holy Spirit, you can't hide it. You cannot keep it to yourself. You have to tell somebody. And one of the bigger problems is when you do get that touch, man, people don't want to hear that. Because he sets you free. Now, we don't make that liberty a stumbling block for others, but you have to walk worthy of the calling. 
He didn't set us free just to show up on church on Sunday morning. No, I got liberty in the grocery store line. Some of the best ministry can occur then. People you don't even know. It's not like we got to figure out who we got to share gospel with, share the gospel with. And I know I'm entering in on another man's work. This man has poured his life into this church for the last 29 years. And I'm not uh, pumping him up. But what I'm saying is I'm coming along ground now that has already been plowed, sowed, uh, fertilized, all of that good stuff. I know that's happening, but I'm also coming off, coming out from a world in the same places like you all have. And here's my uh, close to prayer. Here's my hope. I'll put it like that. I hope next week when I come in here, I hope you have lost your seat. (laughs) Because somebody went out and told all the others about a place that they can get filled, that they can get their lives changed, that they can meet Jesus. And this place will be so packed that your seat will be gone. That's when the real fights will will start. When somebody's sitting in your seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping you'll be here early. God's will. God's way. It's got to be Jesus plus nothing else. If you think you've got to kind of come up with some kind of game plan for how you're going to share the gospel, forget it. He already gave you one. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. It's just too simple. It's too simple. Do you know how uh, MS-13 gets other gang members? They go out and recruit them. And that whole recruiting piece is they appeal to them first. Whatever that is. The point is, I'm not saying join MS-13. What I'm saying is, why is this so hard when we can just go out and share Jesus? You can do that over a cup of coffee. You can do that at the favorite breakfast nook. You can do that in the line at Food Lion. You know, there are times I go in a grocery store and I don't even have anything to buy. I just go in there because people are in there. (laughs) If we're going to do Jesus, yeah, just go in there because people are in there. People who need Jesus. And if they already got him, we can have church right in there. So people that are walking past us, they go, yeah, right in the lane at Full Lions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try that. I'm all open for testimonies next week. We don't even have to preach next week. If you've got testimonies to give, I'll hand this mic off to you. Because in Revelation 12, 11, he says, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So when you hear a testimony, you're telling other brothers and sisters, Jesus is still at work out there. Which moves me to my third W, and I'm going to finish on this. The will of the Father, the way of the Father, and then the work of the Father. John 6, 28, 29. Get there real quickly so we can be done. So Jesus is talking to them. I mean, he'd been around all of these wonderful, wonderful miracles and uh, uh, all of these feeding, blind eyes coming open and everything is happening in such a great way. Uh, there is a group within the crowd that says, well, well, what must we do to work the works? What must we do? In other words, give us some of that. We want to do that. And look how Jesus responds to him. I love it. John 29, John six twenty nine. Listen to what he says. The work, the work of a father is this, that you believe. The work is that you believe. And let me tell you why that's so important. That word believe, pistuo, I believe it is in the Greek. But that word is more than, oh, I believe George Washington was the first president of the United States. We don't even know that. We were told that. I know Jesus is the son of the 
living God. I know that. Yes, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. He says believe. To believe means that you are all in. Means that you trust God totally. That, that you have an Abraham mindset when God says, on Monday night, go. Tuesday morning, you're up early. God. Abraham just believed God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Ooh. He believed God. Believing. Hebrew brothers in the furnace, ten times harder than any man could understand. Oh, but in the moment of trial and testing, they said, King, we don't even need to pray about this. Yeah, we don't even need to pray about this. Uh, we know that our God is able. He is a faith. But even if he doesn't believe, deliver us. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. That's believing. That's trusting. And according to my scriptures, it said that they came out of the fire and there was not even the slightest smell of smoke on them. Good Lord. So what does the profile of that witness look like? We're carrying the will of God. We're carrying it in the way of God. And we're believing so that we can do the works of God because of belief. We don't have to do the works. He does the works through us. Because he believed. We're walking in that belief. He does the works. We do the believing. Let's pray. As the musicians come forth, I want to close this service in this way. Father God, we do thank you. We thank you for meeting us in this place. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have shared abroad in this entire sanctuary. That not one of us in this place uh, 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 is out from under it. And even now as your Holy Spirit hovers over each of us, Lord, speak. Speak into our hearts. Give us, Lord God, instructions in this moment. Father, I lift up your people to you. Seek them out now. Call them to yourself. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, what a... What a great word that was, but I don't even know that I'm saved. I've heard about this Jesus, but I've never, never given my life to him. I believe he died on the cross for my sins, but I never made that commitment. If you're here today, I don't care how old you are or how young you are. I don't care if you've been coming to this church forever or a day. I don't care. Everyone's praying their heads about If you're here and that's you and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you've never given your life to him. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Right where you are. All over the sanctuary. If you don't have that intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Surrender to the Holy Spirit in this moment. Praise God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Milton, that has blown me away. I'm one of those who, I'm a child of God, I'm a believer, but I'm just not walking in that way that I've got the Father's will, His way, and the works going on in my life. I'm not living like I believe He's called me. I'm not walking worthy of that calling. If that's you, I want your hand to go up right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
You're not raising your hand to me. You're raising your hand to God. You're saying, God, here I am. I'm the one. I'm not living like you've called me to live. If that's you all over this place, raise your hand right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You may put your hands in. Father God, we thank you for the show of those hands. Not unto man, but unto you to say, Lord, touch them in their lives. Whatever that obstacle is, whatever that brick wall has been, Lord, I pray that you would set them free from this day going forward. Father, I pray that their lives would not be the same, Lord, and you would affirm it, Lord, by signs and wonders that happens in their lives. And Lord, as you put a testimony on their lips, may they they be swift to proclaim it. So, Father, we do thank you. We thank you for the work that you've done. We thank you for the work that you're doing and what you're about to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.